It's everything Queensland footy. Good ball football from the Brisbane Lions. That's a big one for the Suns. This is Northern Exposure. Yes, back for another week. Northern Exposure, nice and independent in your ears. If you haven't already followed us on socials, make sure you do at Northern Exposure Pod because it is absolutely up and firing and plenty of love uh, for our man Jack Fulham as well. The uh, Chris Fagan doppelganger, as he, um, well, uh, you were chuffed about that last week, weren't you? Uh, but you haven't, you, haven't rolled, you haven't rolled in today, yeah? You're not rolling no, the face in today. The athletic wear today, a um, little bit of a lack of effort. Of course, uh, as always, Zach Smith's Gold Coast Suns 2020 jumper <laughs> hangs up there because um, praise be to the big man. Oh, I've draped just my two scarves. I have not even been able to bother to hang them on the fan as I usually do. They're just sitting on my shoulders. It's still 30 degrees here in Brisbane. I've got my window shut to keep it nice and soundproof in here. This was a horrible mm. idea, but it doesn't matter because I'm happy because at least one of their teams won this week, Jacko. Uh, lights out at the Gabba Friday night. Uh, you and I weren't anywhere to be seen, not because it was dark at the Gabba, because we went to the Battle of Brisbane. We did go to the Battle of Brisbane. That was an incredible night, but more on that later. Nick, this is not the first time the lights have gone out at the Gabba. We were actually there the first time. We were there last time. Yes. We uh, were. Yeah, I was talking about some of that. The like, game uh, between the Brisbane Heat and the Sydney Thunder. We were there when the, uh, the lights went out that night. That night it was just one light tower. Friday night, the whole joint went bang. And... Incredible scenes. I've not seen in the AFL since Waverley Park in '96. And um, yeah, I was. I heard from a few people today that the fans at the Gabba were a lot more civilized than they were in 1996 at Waverley Park. Um, I didn't quite see people coming in, to, you know, just ripping yeah, let, out the goalposts. Let goal me posts. run through a little laundry list of uh, what happened at Waverley Park in 1996. They invaded the ground, ripped out a goalpost, uh, a bunch of blokes did a lap of dishonour with the goal cup, with the goalpost and they lit fires on the ground to keep warm because it was the middle of June in Melbourne. The Gabba crowd, by comparison, was- just sung some sweet Caroline and uh, waited in the dark for half an hour. They have absolutely yeah. let themselves down. Or, Gabba, you're better or than that. are Melbournians animals. Well, please, we'll discuss that. We'll put up a poll on our Instagram. Are Melbournians animals or is the Gabba let themselves down? I think we're going to have a very, very swayed vote. I did. I'm on this. Um, I've told you about a ladder tipping competition. I'm in down in Melbourne and I have been. And um, uh, the guy who runs it, he's a big D's fan. And he was taking the, trying to take the piss out of Brisbane because, you know, yeah, sure, we haven't paid our bills, daylight savings. Yep, we're behind. We haven't got lights. And guess what? We've only just found out about this cool new artist, Neil Diamond. And... Uh, and John Denver. And I'm like, oh, damn it, he makes a point. But yeah. it's, um, I, I'll, I'll never actually, like, I know it's quite a ubiquitous thing. Like, I know everyone loves uh, Sweet Caroline and, and Country Roads, but don't stumble over that one, Nick. Um, but I don't understand Queenslanders and their want-to-be country folk and their obsession with being part country when they've never set foot on the land i'll never get that but um that's again that's another conversation for another day but jack you and i we're we're walking out of suncorp stadium and we checked on ko like all right let's have a check the score and then just chaos rebound it back to 12 minutes to go and then bang they're just gone and i was straight away i I don't know how you felt at the moment though we were standing right next to each other my first thought was, all right, well, 12 minutes to go. Game should be done. You pretty much just call it. It's been 10, 15 minutes at this point. Just, just call it. And then 
as it went on, you go, okay, yeah, I guess we can get a game up and running. But to see the Lions lose a 40-point lead, which we'll get to soon, they did so they well did. to earn. So well to earn. And to watch it fall away was it was sad. It was it was frustrating. Like I don't I don't blame them, but bigger forces were at play and I, I was left really annoyed by it. I was too. Um I think it's a hard one. Obviously, for integrity purposes, come the end of the season, the AFL wants a full game to be played. And understandable. You know, the Lions are in the position where they've assembled a forty point lead. They've got nothing to gain from the game. They, you know, no. Melbourne, all they've got to gain out of the game is to try and take some momentum into next week, which they've done. The Lions are just trying to avoid an injury. And, and you could see that the effort wasn't quite there. Um, add on to that, that Melbourne had an extra five minutes out on the ground to warm up because there was no clear direction given to the teams about when the resumption of play would be. Was that why Greg Swan was so annoyed? Like he, like, he was next level. He pick. was. You could see the footage of him on the boundary just... Did well to hide it. On the Real phone. statesman. And it, it was... Look, only, uh, you know, select people on the benches and, and Greg Swan himself and whoever's on the other end of that phone call will be privy to what was said, but... Who do you think it was? Just give me a name. Who do you oh, think I'm it gonna was? I'm going to say... A man of Swanee's ilk, he's just gone straight to the top. He's pulled Gil out of the uh, Hotel Sorrento on a Friday night and said, Oi, mate, <laughs> no more. But you could just see yeah, by the it. body language in that phone call, I don't think he was saying, yeah, no worries. We'll just continue it in five minutes. Um, yeah, no, I, I didn't think so either. My, my guess was Elon Musk. He's like, mate, can we get some of those big batteries you got for South Australia? Yeah, it's time. It's time. <laughs> But you, you can't really blame him because that, you know, well, the injury risk to the Lions, for starters, is... Well, that was my worry straight away. I saw Link McCarthy get a head knocker. Jared Berry um, bump his shoulder a little bit badly. And I started just thinking, like, this... Yeah, and those last 12 minutes plus time on were a calamity yeah, for the Lions. Because you, you could tell their heart wasn't it. They were into, they were into survival mode, into protection are, mode. But it's not like you, you can't save a game with 12 minutes to go. You can't. They still had to defend that lead. And it was just getting whittled away. I was always getting bloody. I was, I was happy that I was home and I could still watch it on the couch. I'm like, oh, great. This it works out pretty well for me. Territory. But uh, And it felt dangerous and it felt it felt compromised. Like, no matter what, like it was going to be compromised in one way or another. But it felt like it felt unfair, which which isn't right at all. I, I knew rationally it's not right because, look, the Lions home game, they're, they're technically responsible for this. and uh, But yeah, it was uh, it was one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen. Like I know you were there the night back in 99 when yes. the scoreboard caught fire at the MCG. I was there the next day and another one of our weird uh, parallel crossovers. But uh, it's, it's, it, look, it's not unheard of like that a game can be you know, stopped. You know, there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be lightning. That happens occasionally in Sydney in the preseason. But 38 minutes is a long, for example, that's a long quarter. So it's, it's, it's over a quarter of football you've got, cooling down at the end yeah, of the game. You've got these finely tuned athletes that have played over around, what, 85, 90% of a game already. They're tired, they're fatigued, they've got big lactic acid buildups, and you're letting them cool down by 40 minutes. To the And the Lions have got a few older bodies than the Demons have. You know, blokes like Slaughter, 
Oh, yeah, if you're Dan Richard, Dane Zorka, you're going, oh, I don't know, you know Jack Gunston, I, uh, very yeah, dangerous absolutely. for Absolutely, and, you know, the Ds, as I said before, they had nothing to lose in that last 10 minutes, and they have an extra five minutes of warm-up to get going. Um, look, I think if the Ds had come back to snatch that game, we would be having a lot more fervent debates than we are now. But Correct. I'd like to see... If this happens in future, if the delay is any longer than half an hour, bang, call the game off. Already 90% of it have been played. The result wasn't going to change in those last... Well, it almost changed, but, you know, like the lines were far enough... Under, uh, under Lee Matthews' rule, it did. It could work. Yep. A goal a minute. I'd, I'd like to just see the, the game called off and you, you know, you award the points out on that. Uh, well, yeah, if the Demons were putting up a protest going, no, no, we... like. Yes, they actually technically could have. But yes, at the very time, you know, we can still win this thing. Like their, their queue was in the rack. They were done. They were playing out the last 12 minutes. They they got the second win there. But yeah. um, yeah, look, anyway, way, fortunately... The, sorry, mate. In a way, yeah. it's kind of like the COVID-19 pandemic. It's that uh, everyone kind of has an idea of what should happen and how we should deal with it. But it hardly <laughs> ever happens. So until you cross that bridge, you don't really know what to expect. And... I think that the next time the lights go out at the Gabba or the SCG or Marnica Oval, the AFL, the ground staff, everyone is going to be better prepared to work this out. And I don't think we're going to see the scenes this well, all Friday night yeah. again. Well, it, it's funny. It's funny that you do you do say the next time it happens because, let's face it, we've seen it multiple times. It was during the Ashes where they lost part of the TV coverage. Um, I know you wanted to talk about this through the week, so we may as well just use this opportunity. Uh, the Gabba, we love it to death. Okay, well, It's a very special place in our hearts for the Gabba. But, God, it could not have happened at a worse time. And all eyes were on Queensland, especially across the road. Like uh, It did act as a bit of a distraction. But, geez, the, the rugby league public up here, they are loving what happened. They are loving what happened. Like, you know, Peter Volandi's pulled a cord or something in, like that. But, 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 but we, we get, we're, getting, we're getting embarrassed by this stadium. Um, in some ways, the Gabba going bang took the focus off the Battle of Brisbane, the big, shiny rugby league showcase that meant to be a, a sign of, you know, the NRL's fight back in the growing incursion against AFL. Hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the Gabba, they want to spend over $4 billion on redeveloping it for the Olympics. It's unfortunately, as much as we love it, it is, it's, like a, it's, like, it's like a quarter of a nuclear yeah, submarine. It's a lot of money on a stadium. It's, uh, <laughs> it's getting into ridiculous territory. And unfortunately, the Gabba, it is dilapidated. It's, got some you know and it has physical boundaries as well you have three main it roads does. that go either side of the gabba and then main street so you can't demolish buildings around it that are already built because there's tons of high rises around it it's going to be a logistical nightmare and to redevelop it over the course of three or four years you're just going to bring the city to a standstill and but the problem is, like, you know, they're already like all their plans revolve around this precinct. That's why they, that's why they've put in the Cross River Rail and they've put in the Woolloongabba Hub Station right next to it. All their plans are already based on this but, on the Gabba being completely redeveloped. But the more we look at it, the more you go, is this making less and less but sense? You can still have the Gabba. You can, 
give it a, he can give it a coat oh, of, of paint, some nice seeds, you know, make sure that it's structurally A-OK to last another 50 years and give it a facelift. Like, that can happen. But as a centrepiece stadium for the Olympics, I just think it is a waste of time. It is a waste of money for a two-week carnival. And don't get me wrong, I love the Olympics and I'm so proud that they are coming mm-hmm. to Southeast Queensland. I never thought I'd see the day. But this money needs to have a legacy and I believe it's just wasted cash being spent on the Gabba. Mm. What do you think? That's a problem. Like, I, I, I'm a real romantic about it. Like I, I love the idea of the, the Gabba becoming like the, our, our crappy concrete cauldron becoming like the centerpiece of, for the world, all eyes on, on the Gabba in like nine years time. But then you really think about that statement you go, I think that's too good to be true. Every, you know, maybe except for maybe the, the ancient, the ancient stadiums or some of the great stadiums of the world, you, all the rest are purpose built. Uh, London, London, even, even Sydney 2000, uh, are purpose built for this pur- uh, to become a legacy, but just redoing the gap. You're right. It is completely boxed in. You know, there's a fight from East Brisbane public school, which I, I do understand that they're, they're so fine, but you know the Gabba. All you can all you can do is raise the whole thing, and then rebuild it from the ashes, and just go straight up into some sort of you know crazy coliseum. When the the response, I mean, really responsible thing is to use attractive land, use what, what Albion yeah. Park has a lot more space. I'm sorry, but Greyhound Racing yeah. is not on the way up. Um, because I know I was driving past the RNA showgrounds the other day. I go well, that's Landlock. not really an option. It, it faces the exact it, it, it faces the exact same challenge that the Gabba does. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know. Look, they're going like there's no doubt uh, they're going to have to rebuild the Gabba. Uh, that that's got to happen. I think this is them going. Hey, let's combine one and one here. We, we've got two. We can. The Gabba's fallen behind completely as a as a test cricket venue, as a footy venue. It still works, but it's becoming like one of those old old English football stadiums where it, it, it's got it's got heritage, it's got culture, it's but we love it. it doesn't. It's got quirks, but we and we love it. And don't get us wrong, listener. We we love this stadium, but we love it because it's crap. And to see it, and that's and that's a weird thing about it too. Makes it so inviting. Exactly right. It's 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 like Australia's like bombonera for like Boca Juniors over in Argentina. Like it it is a hostile bull ring of an arena, but. and you, uh, that's what they Optus Stadium over in Perth. It is a wonderful, wonderful venue, but it is it's soulless. Marvel Stadium is soulless. The Adelaide Oval they were able to keep what was beautiful about it, but you can't do that if you rebuild the Gabba. Doesn't work. Now, uh, it won't work just like humor that. Me for a second. The main stadium for an Olympic city. What's its primary use? Its primary use is the athletics, the opening ceremony, okay. and the athletics. The opening ceremony and the closing ceremony. They are yep. big parts of an Olympics. They're the show that is put on for the entire world with really crap cultural icons wheeled out. Um, just, oh, I honestly I just think that they are a vehicle for the arts and crafty people to just have their thing before the sport starts. And, you know, what's good on them? Thank you. Thank you. First, first of all, yep. we feel honoured. <laughs> thank you for speaking to my community. We feel honoured. And, <laughs> and you know what? Everyone gets to be a part of the Olympics and that's all good. But, why can't we just have an opening ceremony along the Brisbane River and let two or 300,000 line the banks of the river? I'm sure we could get some city cats down with the athletes on it, maybe sail the USS Ronald Reagan up the Brisbane River. 
whatever, and and do an opening ceremony and a closing ceremony for that fact that he's uniquely Brisbane, and then just put a running, You're right. put a running no, track around at- the Gabba and give it a bit of a facelift. Yeah, it's, it's funny. My, my stupid, like, rational voice goes, oh, yeah, but what about the security threat? What about how badly the AFL Grand Final flotilla went down in Melbourne, which is understandable. So the Yarra quite, isn't quite the Brisbane River, and that's fair enough. But you're right. Why Why does it have to be? Why does it have to be inside a stadium? Like, it's just because that's what we've done every year. Like, you're right. We, we, you we totally... Have, you know, people getting on all manner of flotilla of boats going down. You could even custom make some barges for it. Um should all be yeah, cheaper, better options than massive. You know what? Let, let's 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 let let let's lean on the AUKUS deal now and get some nuclear barges, and we'll order them ahead bang, of bang, time. Bang. It's probably actually going to end up costing yeah, costing the same amount. Anastasia on the phone. We solved the Olympics. Look, we, we've solved it. We bloody solved it. What wasn't that hard? Just let us into a few cabinet meetings. We ask so very little, but yeah, Jake, you, you're spot on. I, I couldn't agree with you more. The and also, I think people just turn up to the athletics because they feel like it's like, yeah, no one's going to watch yeah. athletics, really. When the hell do you go and actually watch athletics? Going to watch a- athletics mm. is painful. It is a painful thing. You know, uh, ceremony. Uh, is that a heat? What's going on over that side of the track? I don't know where to watch. It's a horrible thing to go and watch. Oh, there's this one decent race. And he's throwing a plate. Hmm. Oh, no, that's, um, no, that's just the Greeks over in West End. We, uh, I think we're the wrong venue. <laughs> that's just overshot there. We've just overshot there by a little bit. One suburb over. All right, let's. I'll tell you what. Let's actually let's uh, get back to football here. That's always a footy. Yeah, oh, we'll we'll one start. Of our with two the, listeners we'll... is sitting there going, "Get on with it." No, no. Well, like, like me, they probably listen on double speed, so they're, they're doing okay. Uh, the, the Lions bounced. Right back. They, they needed a response. Uh, they needed to show that, one, they just bloody wanted the ball. But the the effort was there. And uh, the wonderful thing to watch, apart from every no, every player we said needed to stand up, standing up, watching them take the ball out, out of the front of the clearance, like Melbourne have done to other sides in the past, was just beautiful. Goal, goals from centre bounces, goals from forward 50 stoppages. Uh, they were they were relentless and with their pressure. The thing that we touched on last week is that if Brisbane win the midfield, they win the game. They they live and Correct. die by their midfield, and honestly, it's a pretty good midfield to change your arm on. But they were they were incredible, and they they didn't take a backward step against Melbourne. Um, their ball movement through the contest was great, but also their pressure. Um, they put you know a Melbourne side that's used to applying the heat to other sides. They put them under heat, and I guess that's what you got to do against them. But for me, the biggest factor in that win, Dane Zorko. He's. I was going to, same thing. I was going to say the exact same thing. Thank you. Field leadership one, but just that that spark plug. He kicked a couple of crucial goals at crucial moments, and the way that he celebrated them. That, he gets excited about goals. He knows he what does. it means. He gets excited about goals, and I think that that. You know, we, we've played with guys that are excitable like that, and it gets you excited, and it gets you pumped up, and. It, of course you know, it does. And he finds a way to get a pretty hostile Gabba home crowd into the game and, um, you know, two goals. Well, he's a Queenslander. He, he, he speaks to it. He speaks to that goals, stadium. 20-odd touches. He was a live wire. And, and on, he was. Moving incredibly well, too. Um, you know, we've seen him hampered by, you know, a few little lower body niggles over the last couple of years. 
he was dynamite and he was moving very freely. And we heard that every uh, over the offseason. And to be honest, we hear it every offseason. But this offseason, it was true. Training the house yep, down. No, yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. But also, I love the maturity from one uh, Zorko, but also from the Lions medical team going, you know what? Just sit round one out. I know you're going to want to play. I know you're right to play. But sit this one out, mate. Don't fly over. Stay back here. You can play first round back at the game. Perfect result. We've forgotten about the Port Adelaide game because we've just seen the Brisbane that we saw throughout the preseason. We saw the team that everyone has been hyping up. And, you know, it allowed Ashcroft to shine. It allowed Dunkley to shine. Uh, uh, Connor McKenna, sensational game off halfback. You'd see those passages of play where they'd run link-up hand pass all the way through. It was very, it was a very great Brisbane side to watch. And it's a side that I'm very excited to see come the Easter Thursday clash. And I'm looking a little bit further ahead, but Brisbane Collingwood, if Brisbane can get the job done this weekend and do it solidly, the Pies, you know, they look very dangerous. But Easter Thursday is going to be That is going to be a massive clash. And tickets are on the verge of selling out already, like two weeks out from it. So... If you are, if you are, I always forget. I always, I always forget to get them early. Your tickets, go in, get it done now because that game will sell out by the end of the week. I want to give a special mention to Dara Joyce, the Category B rookie uh, picked up in the supplementary period. Um, the listed by St Kilda spent six years on their list. Big, tall, hulking Irishman. He's an absolute specimen. He played incredibly well. He played lights out coming into one of those key defensive posts. He was very, very solid. Um, so I want to give a big shout-out to him. And the, the other bloke that Great. stood up at the back, Jack Payne, he took some key defensive in, uh, intercept marks, and he was very solid alongside Harris Andrews. And that back six that was quite maligned during the week, they stood up and they were counted. Well, and the, and the confidence for those guys, that, that'll be massive going forward for this season. Because you're right, we, we knew coming into the week it was going to be a massive test for them. But to see them both stand up, sensational. Sensational. And I, I only realised that um, McKenna and Joyce used to live together back down in Melbourne, and now they've teamed up again to live together up here. So part of that Brisbane recruiting system where they try and keep mates or brothers together. And recruit a lot of, and recruit a lot of country boys yeah. as well. Well, yeah, they do, they do it very, very well. So the Lions have really steadied the ship now, and uh, again, we, we we feel confident about it. Um, the Gold Coast Suns, on the other hand, Jack, you and I were messaging each other mm. yesterday afternoon. Three-quarter time, it is 72 apiece, and that game is on. That game is on. Alex Sexton was looking very dangerous. Matt Rowe was playing the house down, and they just, look, whether it be the Bombers' home crowd, um, Brad Scott's defensive structure, but the Suns, uh, five goals to one in that last quarter, all the damage was done. Uh, I, I sent you a little screenshot of that four or five Suns players just co- getting caught behind the ball on the Bombers' turnover. Uh, they, they were tired. They were outright. They, they, like, they were giving it everything they had. Uh, a lot of players you couldn't ask for any more. A couple, maybe the likes of Lukosius and whatnot, just not running enough. Ballard got outdone by, um, by Kyle Langford. But uh, a lot of Gold Coast players gave it their everything, and, t- and I, was, I was proud of that. Until watching the broadcast, and I heard Luke Darcy on Channel Seven say the B word, brave, uh, and then I got annoyed again. I got annoyed again, Jack. After this season, brave. It was an outstanding nah, game of football. Doesn't sure. It was one of those games that we often Wasn't see it? under the roof at Marvel Stadium, where it just pings from end to end, and it's high class attacking football. And it was just too. It, it. You said it. 
in our um, text message chain that it felt like a heavyweight title fight. It was just back and forth and back and forth and um, two sides taking shots at each other. But in the end, Essendon were... They, they made the most of their chance, especially in the last quarter. Gold Coast had a period of dominance in that third quarter where they really should have put six or seven on the Dons and headed into three-quarter time with at least a 20, 25-point lead. They missed their opportunities and then Essendon made them uh, made them pay for it in the last quarter. Yeah, it was unfortunate to see. Um, great to see, great to see Lockie Weller back Incredible. up and about. But like I reckon, for what he's come back from, is just just amazing. I'd say back to eighty, about eighty percent of his best. But Jesus, so that big big witty was sensational again. Um, I actually want to um, give a special shout out to Jack Lukosius. He can be. A little bit laconic with the football. I still don't know if the Suns have figured out what Jack Lukosius' best position in uh, an AFL side is because uh, he's one of the, he's one of the best kicks in the competition. He's a wonderful player. It just doesn't really know where he fits at the moment. But he played across half forward and he was fantastic with his disposal. Went um, had only had the seventeen touches, but went by eighty five percent disposal efficiency and some of his kicks especially ones going back into the middle of the ground were just there's only three or four blokes that could pull off those kicks in the AFL and he he just nails them um also kicked a goal snuck forward but um it was one of those things that was mentioned during the broadcast is for how good he is a field kick he's an exceptionally poor set shot and even the set shot that he had he just squeezed through uh it was probably a, a bee's dick between the ball and the post but that's <laughs> uh, one thing that Jack Lukosius needs to work on, but it's a step in the right direction for him. And, and maybe we can see this half forward experiment um, and see if he can play some consistent football there. So looking forward now, I mean, look, <laughs> the, the, the Suns have got the Cats this weekend up at Heritage Bank. Nailed it. Um, well, but look, Cats have lost both their games. So if, if there's a chance, like they played the house down for three quarters and it just fell away. Uh, I, th- I think they can back that effort up. I think I think they can scare the Cats this week. And well, we'll look at how the teams line up later on in the week. But uh, unfortunately, now you go, Suns need, they now need 13 wins from 21 games. They now have to go 13 and 8. And that's, that, that's the count we're going to have to keep doing yeah. throughout the season. It's, uh, but it's all it's all right. Essendon's making finals this year. I'm, I'm very certain of it. So that's two, uh, that's two, that's two sides I've played that are going deep into September. Well, the Suns were, as you said, the B word. They were brave, but they just look like they don't have it again this year. And I know it's very early to be making uh, assumptions, but they tried hard. They're a, a really toiling team, but just just lack that bit of class. But we're gonna. But you're right. No, no, that's a, that's a very safe. That's a very safe thing to say because already in two rounds we've seen from sides like North Melbourne, like St Kilda like Essendon, that change is possible. Change within six months is possible. It's in different game plans, different game styles. And so far, it is working for them. What we, we didn't see a different performance last week. We didn't see a different performance this week. It is still very much the same Suns. So until something clicks, something changes, we can only expect the same result. Yeah. Brave, brave, brave losses. losses. And, and that's not what I Wins against bad teams, brave losses against thing, good teams. The one thing and a that couple could make a difference, you have obviously Lockie Weller making his comeback from an ACL. Uh, Will Powell is still yet to come back. 
You have Ben King, who's two games in from a return from an ACL. You have these elite... Can't, yeah, can't expect much from him yet, which is understandable. And, and we saw it with the Lions, with Eric Hipwood last year when he came back from his ACL, that it took him... He, he, he was quiet on, um, was, on Friday night. It took him 10, 11 games, and then come sort of finals time, he really hit his straps and played some good football. So, you know, hopefully by the middle of the year, we can see Ben King really making an impact. And, and I think he will. He's got too much talent to uh, not fire a shot, you know, this season. But is it going to be too little, too late for the Suns? And, you know... Much, much stranger things have happened in football. It's only... Look, we're only up yeah. to round three. But it's just, you know, it's just, I think we, we were just very excited coming in. I'm just a, just a little bit disappointed. I don't, I don't think the Gold Coast Suns aren't disappointed about this either. Don't think that they, they know the heat's there. Stewie Jew, yeah, he's locked in. He's, he's safe. But, but when, when you look at it, so, 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 Something's got to change. Something's got to change. season, on paper, at the start of the year, said Sydney, okay, Sydney's going to be a tough out. Losing grand finalist. They're yeah, a sure. good football side. Essendon. They would have circled that game and gone, yes. this is a game that we need to win to play finals. And they had a lot of opportunities to win it yesterday. They weren't, I don't think they were mm. beaten by a better side. I think Essendon were slightly better on the day, but overall, I don't think Essendon are a better side than the Gold Coast. And uh, No. They just, play, they just they, played better on the day. When the game was there for the taking, they took it. That's been the knock on the Gold Coast the last few years, is that on their day, they are a good side, but too often we see them drop games against teams they should be beating. And if you do that, you're not going to play finals. Spot on. Spot on. Well, I said they take on the Cats uh, Saturday night, I believe. The Lions take on the Bulldogs Thursday night. So, Jack, it looks like either, it looks like we're going to be uh, chatting again just before uh, the teams run out on Thursday night, which I'm very excited about. It's incredible uh, Northern exposure, Thursday night preview. We'll say with the Lions, back-to-back six-day breaks. Um, it'll be interesting, especially after the get cold warm up again right. game against Melbourne, how it's going to affect them. I know that there could have been a few sore bodies at the Lions this week, um, especially amongst their older heads. So, fingers crossed. I know Marvel Stadium is a hard yeah. deck to play on as well, um, and blokes traditionally pull up sore. So, um, I, I'm going to expect the Lions to have a very, very hot start and then maybe fade towards the end off the back of those two six-day breaks. But no. then again... Bulldogs, they played Saturday night. They're playing Thursday, so a five-day break for them. Yeah, and they have not been in great form as it is so far, but keep a really close eye on Twitter throughout the week because I reckon a few selection changes um, will speak volumes about what is going to go down this week. Well, Jacko, bang on 30 minutes. We're really nailing this uh, this short two-weekend, two-week, two episodes a week. I think, I think it's going quite well. Going quite well. Make sure you hit us up if uh, on if you're following us on whatever app you do, Spotify. Uh, I, I want to call it iTunes. I know it's Apple Music now, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you like, review, subscribe. Uh, it really helps us out, and that way we can keep growing, keep bringing you more. And uh, maybe we might you know, even be able. This to is the content you really together. want. Oh Jesus Christ, that would be nice. This is a place where we can share our dreams, Jack. The Gold Coast Suns play finals. We have a studio. I don't know what's going to happen first, but I'm excited yeah. either way. Both are going to happen at some point. I love that. Mystic Jack, well done from you. This is Northern Exposure.